Explaining racism to white people proves to be a thankless fucking job as Pierce Morgan and Sharon Osbourne show their whole asses on live TV. Then, are black activists commodifying black death for clout? Samaria Rice reacts to, to Tamika Mallory at the Grammys. And finally, biracial identity and who gets to say I'm black. It's Tea with Queen and Jay. Drink up. What up? What up? What's up? What's up? What up? What up? I enjoyed that. Me too. I'm like, wait, that's so way. I didn't expect it to feel that good. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. When you first started saying what's up, I was like, what is this? The fucking Budweiser commercial? Why are we doing this? No. But then you took it in the WZUP direction. Exactly. And I was like, okay. okay full that's circle the Martin stuff Lawrence. Like. That's yes. our foolish. Yes. That's the foolishness we it both is. enjoy over there. It is. That I can handle. That yes. I can handle. Thank you for that. How you doing? I am good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a, a lot better week. I've been having trouble getting out of bed. Like, I just don't want to. Yeah. I just don't. It's just I don't, like. I don't need this. For what? What what is what is any of it for? What is what it all for? the yeah. fuck for? Yeah. So yeah, so I don't want to get out of bed, and then once I'm up, I don't want to get back in bed. So I'll be up all night, and then it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But outside of that, just get rid of the bed, <laughs> right? Let's just I I need the space anyway. I could use the space. All right, let's just get rid of it. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been good and doing better, creating routines. I realized I need those. I like them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a routine ass person, but I realized like, okay, maybe you actually need them. So it's been helpful to make like routines that probably won't exist in two to three weeks, but it just makes me feel like, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. So I've been feeling good. I've been feeling a lot I better this. lately. All right. Yes. All right. Good shit. Yes. Good shit. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. All right, 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 all right. Yes. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social means. You can also use the hashtag pod in and it allows other people on that hashtag to find us, T with Queen and J. We want to hear from you. And we can hear from you by you sending us T-mail. Send us T-mail at TeaWithQueenAndJ at gmail.com. You can send us questions, comments, concerns, silly things, serious things. We love hearing from you. So hit us in that inbox with the T-mail. That's right. Every episode, we pour libations for the people, places, and things giving us black ass, black joy. These are our shout outs. These are our fucking pours went out for the homies. These are our libations. Queen, what are you pouring libations for this week? I'm pouring libations for taking walks. I started taking walks again last week because the weather started to do cuter things than it had been doing. Mm Um, we had a little spring preview last week in New York City. So I started, I actually have a whole ass track near my house. Nice. Like Is four, it a mini track? No, it's a track. Like there's a football really? field in the middle of the track. Oh shit. And it's been here all these years I've lived here. I just never walked to it. Right, right. That's dope. So I was like, I walked to the track because my neighborhood to me is not anything cute. When I walk around, I don't feel motivated to just walk around in my neighborhood. Yeah. So I walked to the track. And I've just been doing that every day. I think the only days I miss was today and Sunday, but I'll go for like an hour, go to the track, walk around. Then there's a big play. It's a really big park. So there's a basketball court, tennis court, handball court. 
playground. It's nice to see people out and about too. Yeah. Kind of just want to be at play. I am a person who does like to see adults at play and kids at mm-hmm. play. So I get to see both of those things while still being like alone and can still social distance and not like it's enough mm-hmm. space that we're like all spread out and shit like that. Right. So yeah, I've been taking walks and they've like been really helpful for my mental and for my body because I'm getting movement. Like my body was actually fucking rigid mm-hmm. <laughs> from not fucking moving it. Because I've been mostly in a house. So yeah, my libations is for walking. Go take a walk. If you are able to take a walk, go on ahead and do that. If you're able to just get a peek of fresh air, do that. Because it is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dope. What are you pouring libations for, Jay? I'm pouring libations for daylight motherfucking savings time. Yo, spring approaches. That means all you depressed niggas get sunlight back. <laughs> get a little sunlight back. It's not fucking dark all day long with only like an hour of sunlight and then it's fucking dark again so yeah so we got some more sunlight libations to that that always excites me makes me happy because i I really need that Mm kind of boost my energy so that's good this is our time our time our jazz hands yes and also libations to taking time to take care of yourself. So I have been finding it hard to get out of bed, but my schedule eased up a little bit. So I was able to get some cleaning done. I was able to pick up some things that I needed that I hadn't had time to go out for. I got some pajamas, you know, like some pajamas, yeah, like, pajamas or like a matching set, yo, mm-hmm. pajamas, loungewear shit. So yeah, just taking care of yourself, cleaning up a little bit, doing things like self-care is actually hard. It's actually like, it takes a little bit of work. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like a nap. It takes like intentions. Like you have to like purposefully do whatever the things is. Right. Which honestly, a lot of us are not even taught to do, taught Mm -hmm. to like prioritize. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's just, it is a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. So it's hard work. Even like, yeah, I just haven't felt like it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not just not feeling like doing like worky things and producing things i also have not felt like self-caring up myself i have mm-hmm. not felt like clearing my space i have not felt like fucking i do need a leg wax that makes me happy but i haven't felt like leaving my house to do that so like yeah so that that kind of shit but self-care is work and i think if i if i consider some of the things that i like to do as self-care and think about how much better i feel mm-hmm. after i do those things it'll be easier for me perhaps to do it like this is a thing that you're doing to take care of yourself for yourself and you'll feel better after you do it so yeah libations to taking time to take care of yourself yo and we encourage y'all to think about what you're pouring libations for this week yo what makes Mm -hmm. you feel good what brought you black ass black joy this week do you want to tell folks how they can support tea with queen and jay podcast yes i do but first i want to say make sure you take care of yourself first Mm -hmm. take care of yourself first but also, this podcast runs on your support as well. So there are two ways that you could donate. If you go to our website, teawithqueenandj.com, slide down on our hope page, and there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, where you can donate anytime at any amount. Or our second option is our Patreon options, where we ask for a monthly commitment of $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less, and we will appreciate that shit and give you a bonus episode every month on the patreon we also like it when you share this podcast on social media tell a friend and rate and review us on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us all of that are ways that you can help tea with queen and jay 
grow. We are noticing the reviews coming in on Apple Podcasts. We thank you for doing that and continue doing that as well. If you'd like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast or see it on social media, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak virtually at your school or organization about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, podcasting, or some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your team mail at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. We got some donation libations this week. I'll start with our Patreon. We got a Patreon donation. Alexandra actually upped their pledge. Thank you so much, Alexandra. We appreciate you and Patreon subscribers. Y'all know that everyone who supports us on Patreon is supporting Tea with Queen and Jay podcast and our bonus episodes on Patreon are there as a thank you. But our Patreon support is definitely focused on supporting this podcast. Do you want to share our PayPal donations? Yes. So for PayPal, we have Sharon. We also have Leah and Leah says love the work y'all do I used to be a patron and hated that I couldn't keep supporting because of the parallelogram but wanted to pass along a bit of the stimmy for some snack money and joy thank you yes that stimmy starting to hit we also got Sean and Sean says I haven't been able to donate in a minute but when I heard Queen say a whole last prince lost his bag over a one drop rule bitch <laughs> I got a little something together. Y'all are everything. Thank you, Sean. That was last week's episode where we talked about the Meghan Markle drama. So everybody definitely go back and listen to that episode if you have not already. It is called White Passing Nubian Queen. A lot of y'all gave us really, really good feedback. So definitely go back and check out that episode 284. Yes. And we also got Stephanie. And Stephanie says, my bad, Jay. I am new and am now familiar. Shout out to you both. Get some tea on me. And they give us two hearts. Yes. And that was from last week because Stephanie made the mistake of calling me a lady. So thank you so much for your apology and your snack money. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, that was that's cool. And then Anya. And Anya says, for a little lunchtime treat for you both. Thank y'all for keeping us all learning, growing, thinking, feeling, reflecting, and recentering on what's important. And seeing the powers at play in the bullshit. Opening eyes and ears of whitey whites like me everywhere. We don't deserve y'all, but I'm so grateful to be able to listen and support. Well, yeah, thank everyone who, like, gave us some Skrilla. Yes, thank you. We really appreciate that. Yeah, so thanks for all of the Skrilla, and um, now let's get into the show. All right, 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 all right. right, Queen, what kind of tea are you drinking? I am drinking green tea. Yeah, just green tea. What are you drinking, Jay? I'm drinking chai with honey. Very basic. No concoctions today. Oh, no elixirs. No elixir, no elixir. And what are your pronouns? My pronouns are she and her. What are your pronouns, Jay? My pronouns are she, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not... A lady, we like to affirm something for ourselves every week. Queen, what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm courageously protecting my happiness and that I am living luxuriously. I couldn't help that one. That's what I thought of when you said luxurious. And what are you affirming for yourself this week, Jay? I have a podcast project that I've been working on separately. Mm -hmm. So I am affirming that I will finish that shit. And I also want to affirm a spirit of invigoration and alertness. 
Got it. Because I want to get out of bed. I feel you. That's a good one. Yeah, I feel like invigoration and alertness will help me get out the bed. So that's the goal. I like that. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good mm-hmm. one. So let's get into the shits. Did you watch the Grammys? No. <laughs> All right. Me neither. <laughs> but I did watch some clips of some performances, which is usually how I watch the Grammys at this point yeah. because it's usually hasn't been an entertaining show. Mm-hmm. Based on the social media, it seems like it was entertaining this year. Yeah. Um, I was like, am I going to have to watch this next year so I can play black girl games with y'all online? Like they're going to, it's going to dupe you. You're going to play, watch it and it's going to be boring yeah. again. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't even put it on my calendar. I was just like, Me oh, the Grammys. All right. On... I'll, you know, I'll read y'all tweets or whatever. <laughs> but no, it sounded like fun things happened. It sounded like the rap girls was on there doing their thing. Yeah. And so I'll probably go back and watch some of those. But I wanted to talk about this performance by Lil Baby. And he was joined on stage by activist Tamika Mallory, rapper and Bernie bro Killer Mike, and <laughs> actor Kendrick Sampson. So uh, Little Baby performed The Big Picture, his song The Big Picture, where he talks about police brutality and other shit. Yeah. And so I read the lyrics. It's not, you know, it's not a bad song. It's not my jam or whatever, but, you know, it was fine. And so, again, activist Tamika Mallory joins him for this performance. And she does like a, it's like a speech. It has some rhyming elements to it. You know what it reminded me of? What? Sister Soldier. Okay. I think that she kind of, she channels yeah. Sister Soldier yeah. anyway, whether yeah. whether intentional or unintentional. Like, yeah. she kind of gives those vibes, like, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what she's doing or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so she gives this speech and says that she's calling out to President Biden, demanding justice and freedom and shit like that. And behind her is this kind of simulation. The whole performance, I think it was taped outside, is this simu- simulation of protest yeah. vibes, protest energy, the beginning of it. Actor Kendrick Sampson, who y'all might know from Insecure. He's the guy who, the light-skinned dude who was dealing with depression and shit like that. With the really nice, deep voice. Yes. Yes, with the nice, deep voice. And then on the show, he lays on a, a thick, like, is he supposed to be from Atlanta? I don't, I think he's from Houston. And I, I think he's from Houston right. on the show. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. He lays that shit on thick on the show. <laughs> okay? I've heard him in interviews. And oh, I he get don't it. Say yeah. Him. You're right. You're actually. Yeah. Y- he lays, right. right. It's, you know, it's his character. That's yeah. cool. But I will never forget him telling Issa, I, I really like how you, you know, you put on for your city. You know, like, it was just like, <laughs> it was intense. Well, they wrote it that in the script. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was awkward. It gave me, it made me it cringe. Was. It did. It made me cringe. It was cringy. It was cringy. I wouldn't really listen to his words. I would just listen to the tonage. Right, right. So at the beginning of this performance, that actor, they do this like police brutality skit. Yeah. And it starts with him. It looks like he's sleeping in his car and gets pulled over or cops come up to the car, whatever. He gets out. They tussle. They get him to the ground, put his hands behind his back. He gets loose and runs. And then they shoot him in the back. So... Let's just start just there real quick. That made me uncomfortable because anytime there's a depiction of police brutality on TV, it's never like any story that's happened in real life. You know what I'm saying? It's always depicted in a way that shows why police may have decided to shoot this person. Even though you shouldn't shoot anyone who is running, you know, you shouldn't shoot them in the back or whatever. Right. You you shouldn't shoot anyone. Of course. Of course. (laughs) But also in all the popular stories of black folks being murdered by police there is no story of them running away except for 
was, is his name Walter Scott? Yes. And I'm personally convinced that they told that man to run. I agree. But, I agree. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so seeing seeing this this man struggle to get away from police when he they had his hands behind his back and then running away, it just kind of rubs me funny because I feel like there's a lot of people who justify that kind of shooting. You know what I'm saying? And it's not even something that has ever really happened. And so yes. it just it just mm-hmm. in terms of like the popularized stories of murders by police. So that kind of made me uncomfortable. Also, like even though for we know that that's not a reason to shoot someone, but he like right. tussled and ran away. You know like the police don't mm-hmm. even need that to right. murder someone. Like they don't even need you to tussle or whatever yes. or run away or any of that stuff yes. for them to murder you in the street. So adding those elements gives a, a little space for doubt and debate and, and yes. yes, all of that shit, you know? Yes. And anytime they depict, I feel like every time they depict police brutality in mainstream medias, in fictional ways, it's in some way that can be doubtful questionable they leave this leeway for well what really happened what's really good or bad yeah. i mean he did you and know, if they struggle didn't and run do away. this and did the thought. right yeah. and we have so many stories of niggas not doing nothing and being murdered by police and so my question is why are we not using those stories to depict what so often happens to black and brown folks right yeah so that's how it starts off Little baby starts rapping. Eventually, Tamika Mallory is at a pulpit, and there are protesters behind her, and she's saying, you know, things that she says or whatever. I have to say, when I watched it, I was kind of just like, okay. It was a little bit cringy to me. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, said what she said about President Biden. She called him. Let me see the exact quote. Okay. When she said President Biden, this is how I'm so not used to having a president who isn't screaming all the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is our president. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail reported on this because honestly, when I was like looking up stuff, I Mm -hmm. didn't see a lot of other outlets reporting on what exactly she said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Daily Mail says Black Lives Matter activist Tamika Mallory addressed Joe Biden during the Grammy Sunday night telling the president, we don't need allies. We need accomplices, which is true. Is there a quote? Yes. She says, President Biden, we demand justice, equity, policy, and everything else that freedom encompasses. And to accomplish this, we don't need allies. We need accomplices. It's bigger than black and white. This is not a trend. This is our plight until freedom. Okay. It's a state of emergency. It's been a hell of a year. Hell for over 400 years. My people, it's time we stand. It's time we demand the freedom that this land promises. President Biden, we demand justice, equity, policy, everything else that freedom encompasses and to accomplish this we don't need allies we need accomplices it's bigger than black and white this is not a trend this is our plight until freedom so okay you know okay that's how so I she felt says that too. yeah okay yeah that's how i felt i felt like okay but i i did feel cringy because i always feel cringy when there is this depiction of protest street protests in these performance kind of ways or in these fictional ways i think that there are there are ways where it was like okay i see what you're trying to do there whatever that was cute i think when megan incorporated that kind of energy in 
I think it was her SNL. Yeah, it was SNL. SNL. Yeah, it felt like okay, this is because the song doesn't have shit to do with this. This is like a statement that she wants to make. She's feeling a certain type of way, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like a, a reenactment of a street protest. Yeah, we didn't. The reenactments, yeah. the re—that's really what it is. The yeah. reenactments of the mm-hmm. fucking street protests bother me. They make me feel cringy. The reenactments of police brutality, where they tell some story that is not related really to any story that's happening in real life. Life where they were what if he ran what if he got yes. away and resisted and when we have so many stories of niggas not doing nothing and this is what we have to have to insert into these like portrayals of police brutality in these fictional narratives it's just it's they make me cringe in general they make me cringe so that's how i was feeling i didn't feel the need i'm not a twitter ass nigga so i didn't really i don't really do long extended posts every now and every few years i'll be inspired but i don't really do that but i, I also didn't feel that energy i was really just like okay you know yeah, same okay all right but then okay in the morning flat thickens <laughs> i'm just waiting for the just waiting for the shoe to drop yeah so uh samaria rice who is tamir rice's mother yes there were reports that a facebook account who has been associated with her to that has been said to be her account her name is attached to it and i'm saying all this because yes. you never know you never know it's fakers out there so you never know what's what yeah but this is an account that has been reported to be her account and has been quoted in several news articles as her account so she says on her facebook page she shares the clip of Tamika Mallory joining this performance, right? So she shares the clip and the quote in this, now this politics clip that she shared from Tamika Mallory is, it's a state of emergency. It's been a hell of a year, hell for over 400 years. My people, it's time we stand. It's time we demand freedom. Right? So that's more of what Tamika Mallory said during this performance. Mm -hmm. Samaria Rice says, oh, and just so that people remember, so like we said, Samaria Rice is Tamir Rice's mother. And for anyone who is unfamiliar or does not remember or is confusing Tamir Rice, with any number of other victims of police brutality. Yeah. Tamir Rice was killed by Cleveland police officer Timothy Lowman in November of 2014. Tamir Rice was 12 years old. He was playing in the park with a BB gun. Yes. By himself, playing with the gun, and police pulled up and basically did a drive-by. It was like a drive-by. On Tamir? Yeah, it wasn't even... He didn't say stop. Seconds. Like, there wasn't no, there wasn't time yeah. enough for Tamir to even point no, what was his happening. toy gun yeah. in their direction or know mm-hmm. anything. Yep. They just rolled up and shot him. So, uh, Samaria Rice is his mom. And back to what Samaria has said. So, mm-hmm. Samaria Rice says directly in response to Tamika Mallory's presence in this performance, look at this clout chaser. Did she lose something in this fight? I don't think so. That's the problem. They take us for a joke. That's why we never have justice because of shit like this. So that's a lot. Yeah. Then the day before, Samaria Rice has said, I'm tired of you Black Lives Matter, Tamika Mallory and crew bitches that's riding these families back and y'all ambulance chasing attorneys, Ben Crump, Lee Merrick too. Y'all have fucked up our fight and y'all can kiss my ass too. Make it make sense. You can't. Working with the devil is too easy to do. Fuck y'all. Fuck all y'all. That's me. That's not Samara. I added oh, the extra okay. fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have to just make that clear. Thank you. Another post from Samaria Rice. I have tried to stay off this shit. Tamika and the crew, you bitches chasing clout along with Sumney, Crump, and Lee. Y'all have literally fucked up our fight. I hope not another family soul used y'all to represent them. You might as well be junior pig cops. I'm mad as hell. And then there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine 
12 angry red face emojis and three 100s. So I just wanted to really like let y'all know what she was saying. Yeah, what is happening, what's going on here. Right. So this is from Samaria Rice. And so it sparked a conversation about activists and there are lots of different types of activists. Yes. Right. So it sparked a conversation, I will say, about certain activists, certain popular activists commodifying black death for clout, for job opportunities, political opportunities and profit. So I thought that this was interesting. I think that there have been a lot of incidents that have made a lot of us as onlookers, as other participants in this space of dismantling white supremacy have made us uncomfortable. I think back to Brianna Khan. Yes, that was one where I was really like, the discomfort was like immense. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is happening right right so that ended up being a day and there were people who said that they were there that mm-hmm. it was actually a day of like good programming and like community building and shit like that but just the name of it really made me uncomfortable the flyers were yeah. awkward it, it looked like a oh Bri- yeah brianna khan brebecue right so all of these derivatives of brianna taylor's name, name was a, a victim of police brutality and they were there protesting in her name of course but also kind of doing doing this community work but putting these weird labels on it yeah. and doing this kind of weird cringeworthy promotion kind of like a commercialized right Right. addition to yeah the things which 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 makes it really uncomfortable because it's like mm-hmm. we can do these kinds of events these kind of organizing kind of things we've been to like things that were centered around blackness in that way but right. not attached to the name of someone who was murdered by right. like that could have been called anything, anything. else any yeah thing else and it could still would have served the same purpose still would have served right. people the way they wanted it to serve it you know like mm-hmm. so yeah i can see why samira or whoever is posting on the samira account because you want to mm-hmm. you know don't want to be putting out false things but it appears to be right. their facebook account i can see not even i can see because i can't imagine i've never lost i don't have children i've never lost a child to police violence mm-hmm. so i'm not i don't want to you know lie and say that i can see but right. to know that your child was murdered you didn't get justice you continuously see other people not get justice but still see people kind of come up mm-hmm. after someone is murdered and how like their name becomes commonplace over and over and over again right and then it's this Grammy performance, like that would trigger mm-hmm. this. I'm sure a very similar response in me to like mm-hmm. kind of see this cycle of, I'll say activists just for the sake of this conversation, but to yeah. see this cycle of activists who kind of like become successful in quotations mm-hmm. off of the death of other people. And then kind of yeah. the families are kind of just like an afterthought. Um, I don't mean an afterthought as far as like to these activists because I don't know these people personally, but it's an afterthought as far as the world and the conversation yeah. and how we tell these stories and how we share these stories and who controls these stories and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely could see like like the Grammys. <laughs> like, it was really I was so it was just so cringe. It was so cringe for me, especially as like an empath who be feeling mm-hmm. secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, I was like. Oh, yeah, it cringe. was. It was cringe. It was cringe. To me, it was corny. That 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 part. It was so corny. It was like lazy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like all of that stuff was like I don't understand 
the statement because we've seen protests, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen these people be murdered. Like, we've actually seen this. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things that we've seen in real time. So what are you bringing awareness to in this way? Like, it's kind of corny. Like, maybe, like, it would have been nice and helpful to maybe open us to something else. I don't know. I've never directed a Grammy performance, but that was just like this eighth, is what, that yes, was like I eighth, know. eighth grade school play. I have questions. Thank you. All right, <laughs> so I want to know who was responsible for the creative direction of this, right? Because in this simulated protest scene, there's a simulated uprising, and somebody throws whatever Molotov cocktail or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. explosive device or whatever the fuck at this building, and it lights fire or whatever, right? But he throws it. It's a dancer, of course, so he throws it, and then he does like a sideways spin, like cartwheel spin. And as soon as I saw, I'm like, this is wrong. <laughs> this this is not doing what it thinks it's doing at and all. I don't I don't understand why this is happening but it, yeah it did it seemed like whoever works at it seemed like the public attorney of the Grammys did it right like the public whoever the fucking if you can't afford to hire your own creative team we have the public creative <laughs> oh, team here oh, like like a public defender yes thank you yes the public creative manager of the Grammys who just does general shit because you couldn't afford to bring your own creative team we'll manage this for you we'll design this for you (laughs) of course it's the grammys so yes there'll be dancers we've got our protest actors i was like this is so cringe dancing was awkward everything was cringe and i don't think that that means that like these things can't be depicted theatrically but it just seems like when they are it's just so cringe it just seems like when they are it's like nobody who's actually been in the streets has was on your team yeah and which at all which is like you had an activist on the stage. Yeah. Like it reminds me of when we talked about Queen and Salem when you saw the movie and you was like, no one has oh been God. to a protest. Like you can't, there's a lot, yeah. thousands and thousands of people. Like I would say at this point, the amount of people who have been to a protest are large in the United States. You can ask yeah. one motherfucker. Mm-hmm. like what that's mm-hmm. like it always leans towards the state though like the system yeah of course it always leans in that way like yes you're showing protesters but like you show one person throw the thing but it, like throw the molotov cocktail mm-hmm. or whatever but you don't show maybe possibly a rubber bullet or you know like something it always right. favors yes. the yes. state because we're unruly and you know, it's, it's right it's there has to be it's like they have to justify being able to demonstrate this yeah artistic it's like okay if we're gonna if we're gonna demonstrate tell this story of alleged police brutality because they always frame it in an alleged way yes we're gonna tell this story of alleged police brutality then we have to do it in favor of the state so that it's okay for us to do it so that we don't get so that we don't we don't get fucking doxxed or whatever so that we don't get canceled by the state yeah so that fucking sucks and that's whack the other thing yeah even to correlate it to queen and slim if i'm gonna do a movie about police brutality i also still have to do it in favor of the state in some way and these black people can't win and they can't make it to fucking cuba they have to fucking die everybody gotta die now i'm allowed to tell this story but speaking of queen and slim Mm -hmm. so back in summer of 2020 samaria rice actually um said that she had trademarked tamir rice's name to keep people from using his name his likeness in their artwork using his name for profit and shit like that and she feels like she's never allowed i'm actually going to read this quote this is from 
cleveland.com and she says she says i'm not normal because of what america has done to my family i'm just dealing with it i can't even have my son in peace that's what it feels like. So also during this time, there was an artist named Sean Leonardo who had this traveling exhibit where he had depicted the murders of black people mm-hmm. at the hands of police in his artwork. So he had images of a bunch of characters. He had images of well, characters, people. He had images of Mike Brown in his last moments of life. So like while they're dying. So I haven't seen these images. Okay, okay. So the way that it's described is that it is the last moments of their life the images of their murder right like the ones that we have seen the ones that we have been privy to right so she says just to i guess kind of drive home what that was so she had that when he came to cleveland i I believe it was when he came to cleveland i'm not sure maybe not cleveland but anyway she had that show canceled because she was not here for it and she also wanted him to stop using the image of her son so she says again this is cleveland.com in a recent interview rice responds to images of leonardo's art posted on his website in which the artist uses charcoal and paper to interpret media images of police killings and unarmed black men and boys including her son she says this is so messed up This is absurd to want to use this as art. Responding to an image of Michael Brown Jr. killed in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014, Rice said, don't you think his mother would be heartbroken? His mother would be heartbroken if she knew this was going on. This is horrible. He can't possibly think this is art. This is the last image of somebody's life. This is not art. That's traumatizing. Why would you want to do that? So I think that that kind of helps put into perspective because we've seen we've seen art that depicts violence against black folks that depicts the horror and traumas of our experience and i think that when like these people's families are still alive like their Mm -hmm. mothers in particular it's just like these people they don't belong to all of us there's this feeling that these victims belong to us as a community and we can do anything invoking their image right 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 and it's like there are parents and families still grieving we don't actually let them rest in peace like right we don't. We just continue to kind of like use them mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. A Cleveland artist named Amanda King actually advises Samaria Rice on some of these like incidents and happenings of people invoking the name and image of her son. And she commented on Leonardo's work and kind of drew a parallel between the way that Emmett Till's image has been used to the way that artists like Leonardo and other artists are evoking the images of black death and victims of police brutality. And she said that you know Emmett Till's mother Mammy Till chose to show what they did to Emmett Till chose to show the world look at his face look at how they abused my son look at what they did to him and so it was her choice to reveal the horrors that he experienced prior to his death or as he was murdered and in Amanda King's opinion artists like Leonardo are doing the same thing except they're doing it without the permission and consent of the Uh, parent you know what I'm saying right Mm -hmm. and and that's what makes it questionable and that's what makes it like not okay it's like i see what you're doing but also what are you doing you know what i mean yeah because the images that we have were not images that the family took you know it's just people around videos from being around like so the videos allow the access for us to like actually (sighs) have evidence which doesn't really mean (laughs) anything but it also allows for people to kind of commodify these images in ways that like we haven't really seen too much in the past and this way yeah. to and to this degree mm-hmm. so yeah that is and not interesting but it is kind of a, 
unfortunate. Yeah. And the what made me compare it to Queen and Slim, mm-hmm. and that's also referenced in this article, is because they they reference and we talked about this in the episode where we reviewed Queen and Slim. I hated that movie, by the way. I never watched it. I'll put the link to the episode where we talked about it in the show notes. And I never will. Yeah. But I didn't like it. And we don't usually talk about shit that we don't like on here anymore, I will say. But I, I thought it was bad. Bad for the blacks. Mm-hmm. I thought it was bad for black people. So I'll put the link <laughs> in the show notes to that so you can understand mm-hmm. but they also reference it in this article as we mentioned before Lena Waithe did an interview with The Reed where she invokes Tamir Rice's name and says oh well when I was writing the screenplay for this we thought oh what if Tamir Rice had a gun that day what if he shot the cops instead of them shooting them to mm-hmm. justify wow. this scene in Queen and Slim oh, spoiler alert real quick yeah spoiler alert to justify this scene in Queen and Slim where a young black boy shoots a black cop in the face who happened to be nice to him in this moment. It's such a fucking weird fucking scene. Why would you even that think comment that? was fucking weird? I don't understand it. Fucking weird. Super yeah. duper weird. And I think it was just, listen, I'm not like here to cancel Lena Waithe. I've been trying to show more compassion to people in general, especially people who are often in front of a microphone because we say things, we make mistakes, whatever. But that mm-hmm. shit, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. That was a pretty harmful um <laughs> That was a mistake. Why are you invoking the name of this boy to talk about this fictional depiction of a black boy shooting a black cop in the face? Okay? If y'all ever... There's no way that that would happen. It's just, just absurd. Just absurd. I think the whole movie was fucking absurd. Mm -hmm. And again, I'll put the link to the show notes as to like why I think it was harmful and a problem. But they they mentioned that example here. But I will say that's another example of somebody invoking the name of this boy for their own bullshit. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't even produce a movie that like what did what was anybody supposed to learn from Queen and Slim? I I still don't understand. So you invoking it in this art. You you're using his name to justify this scene on this very popular podcast that has wide reach that everybody listens to or whatever mm-hmm. keep his name out your mouth unless you have a reason to use it so anyway that's another example they did have a reason to use it that oh yes bad bad mindedness yes bad <laughs> that was the reason she's bad minded that was the reason anyway yeah so it also again this sparked a larger conversation on the internet about a lot of the more popular activists yes and what do you think do you have any any thoughts on popular activists popular activism i do have thoughts because it's like i have thoughts because i think that people don't really know the distinction between an activist and kind of like an organizer okay so i think people like kind of conflate the two okay and to me the activist is the one who kind of activates the movement so they're the mouthpiece they're the person you see you know like they're the ones you know like whatever and i think that people assume that because they are the mouthpiece that they are a part of all of the work or that they know about Mm. all of the work in those kind of like organizers ways and it's like i think it's important that we understand that they are kind of a mouthpiece they are from what a lot what i feel right now in this moment particular i think there are activists in our past that we know were like in it in it in it but Mm -hmm. i think because social justice in the past five years has become like a come up or become like a tool Mm. to spearhead whatever other thing you goal or whatever thing that you've had or you Mm -hmm. wanted to have that people are kind of like the line is blurred like you don't really like for me I don't really know who's really about it or who's not or who's this or who's that and it can get really confusing 
for people who are not doing the work for themselves or like looking for the, you know, like mm. the every average, the everyday person isn't like looking into things the way me or you are looking into things. So mm. they are depending on these kind of very forward facing, the people you see on the news and like that mm. to get information from. But when we're at a point where like kind of anyone with a following could be the leader, that can, that can be... Mm confusing or that can be harmful mm -hmm. or that can be like we can't i guess it seems like the vetting is a little different i don't know if i'm mm -hmm. what i am no you are it makes me think about how we've talked about throughout through, over the years on this podcast we have talked about the black lives matter movement we yes. talked about street protests we talked about a lot of different shit but also the notion of like people who are not in the shits, people on the sidelines, people who observe most of this through media. Yes. Black people in, in particular thinking or saying, not everyone, but some saying we need a leader. Like we need one person. Like the yes. way that the way that history markets what happened with Dr. King and Malcolm X as like these one central people or even even um the, the Panthers who yes. are erased from history, mm -hmm. marking these these central individuals as leaders of a movement. And for us, these are people who could who were murdered it could be easily taken out and that affects the movement yes. again if you look at what happened with the panthers if you look at the way the ball was tossed from the civil rights movement with dr king to the next generation or whatever there are a lot of people who say that that ball was fumbled or, or whatever the fuck yeah they tried to wipe us out they yes. tried to wipe us out they tried to wipe the movement out and so earlier in the black lives matter movement it was to the benefit of a lot of folks that there is no one central leader the, the people are the leader you know what i'm yes. saying and you have different mm -hmm. chapters of black lives matter or other movement organizations throughout the country who do work and it's not this one central person mm -hmm. but because of the way that we consume media because of the way that media reports things because of shows who want to you know you want to have someone come and talk yes. right so mm -hmm. who can i pick from this movement exactly. okay i've seen i've seen the guy in the blue vest let's get deray in here i've seen this person let's get so so and so in here whatever mm -hmm. and you have these different people using different people elected to be the mouthpiece for this movement yeah. and so it just seems like the benefit of there not being any one particular person is that you can't necessarily kill, kill the, the movement, movement by killing this one person even though we know that they have killed many of the activists that we've seen in these iconic images from ferguson and other places yes. many of those moments that went viral a lot of those activists are dead yes. they've been murdered yep. they mysteriously died just in their car died on the bus died yeah. however the fuck or whatever so they're still killing us but the movement is decentralized in ways that you can't just kill one particular mo person and the movement die but that also leads to your point that because there's no central person and because of our access to the internet anybody could hop on and be like i'm the leader of this thing in many of the ways that a lot of us feel like sean king does yes it's like what are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Where did you come from? Mm -hmm. Why is everybody following you? What is going on? Yes. And then also because there is no, in quotations, leader, the media picks who they want to be the leader. So right. they pick who they they yes. pick who could be the person who could appease mainstream. They mm -hmm. decide to pick. Like, the media would have never picked a person like Malcolm X. The media wouldn't even pick Martin Luther King. These are people that they fucking hated. But right. now, because of the way that we are, this process is, one of the ills of it is that the media is actually handpicking who mm. are the spokesperson for things. And they're mm. always going to pick people who appease 
You know, they right. may they're gonna ruffle feathers, of course, but they are gonna pick the people who can appease kind of the moderate audience mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck. And that that is what is happening, and that is what we're right. getting at, and that's where it's just like maybe some reexamining needs to happen because I don't want the motherfuckers, I don't want the mainstream white media deciding who is the fucking yeah. leader of whatever. Like if you really think about it, mm-hmm. they they kind of pick D Ray. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they kind of picked these. It was lots of other popular people right. alongside that person, yeah. but they decided that person is who we're gonna pick to interview all the mm-hmm. time. That's who we're mm-hmm. gonna call. That's who. And when we allow the mainstream to decide who the mouthpiece right. is, that does faulty things to the movement as mm-hmm. well. You know. Yeah, and part of us allowing, part of like when you we talk about we allow is yes. like Deray knows who else was involved in this movement, which is another reason why. DeRay catches a lot of heat because there is some responsibility of being the person who says okay yeah cool I'll be the spokesperson for this like when you're when you're called on to do that often think about am I the person who should be doing that you know what I'm saying so that's that's when the responsibility falls back on us like when people reach out to us and say hey I want to talk to you about so-and-so do we pass the ball and say actually no I think you should talk to so-and-so yeah period you know what I'm saying yeah because you actually care about the movement right of the people and not the movement of your yourself right right yeah and and that that's not to say that DeRay doesn't care about the movement of the people but there is an extra level of of care of self-reflection of introspection that has to take place especially when a lot of the issue with DeRay is that he is a cis man in the space right Mm -hmm. though a black person a cis man in the space and you know there were black women in the movement that were being overshadowed in this way that is counterintuitive counter counterproductive to Mm -hmm. liberating all of us and and those of us you know who are more marginalized than others so to that end it does feel like a lot of times like there are people who are profiting off of the pain the death of other black people and you know it is a challenging balance to activate people and not center yourself yeah you know what i'm saying sure so that's not something that i like live with like we do this podcast here like our activism is is mainly at this stage in our lives like centered around our audio work the messages that we do the trainings that we do the presentations that we do in that way and so i don't have to navigate and juggle these things in the way that on the ground activists do yeah in the way that those who have a larger media presence do so i'm not saying that it's easy or that i know how to do that but it has to be a consideration like navigating Mm -hmm. balancing the movement balancing liberation with your personal identity or with the clout and attention that you receive as a media personality you know what i'm saying like that that needs to be taken into account as you are claiming to be and or doing work as an activist yeah yeah for sure and and to add what you said it's it's probably a lot easier for us to make Mm -hmm. these kind of reflections be introspective in those ways because of our our activism is this podcast and the other work that we do for training the presentation and we don't have this Mm -hmm. huge like the whole world isn't looking at us in ways that the whole world is looking at these other people so I can see it being difficult separating that and doing all of that stuff Mm -hmm. we're at the vantage point now where we we are still very much able to like have that kind of self-awareness so we're not saying Mm -hmm. that they're just supposed to have it we get that things change and right. things get harder as more people are looking mm-hmm. at you. You know, it's the mm-hmm. truth. But it is still an important thing to have that kind mm-hmm. of 
self-awareness, yeah. especially in an activist organizing space because you are, the responsibility is just so huge. How you affect people is just so huge that yeah. I would, I would, I would hope that people in those spaces can, you know, get a little, get more in touch with the self-awareness because it's just so much at risk with that. And it's not right. usually the mouthpiece person who, at this point, it was in the past, mm -hmm. but at this point, it's not usually these mouthpieces who get harmed. It's the people who were in Ferguson who were found dead in cars. And, the, you know, yeah. like the people who are like on the ground in that way, who are the ones who were like at risk with the activism in that way. It's not mm -hmm. our mouthpieces at this point in time aren't the people being harmed. So it's like, I just would want them to be way more responsible with that because it's, it's killing the people on the streets, you know? Right. So yeah, I just wanted to add that piece to that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's another way that Tamika could have made her point instead of participating in CBS's The Grammys? I don't know what point she was trying to make. Like, mm -hmm. to me, it, okay, if I had to pick something from it that I thought was valuable, uh, or maybe not valuable, but like, I could have done without all of it, <laughs> but I I may, I understand the direct call out to Biden, right? Yes. Is there another way to do that without showing up on the Grammys? I... With fake protesters behind you, nodding <laughs> their head on, on beat? I think, to me, I, I don't know what the other option is. I can be honest and say that. I am not an mm -hmm. organizer in that way. I mm -hmm. sit on a podcast and talk. But I don't mm -hmm. think that she said that and that made anyone activate. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't think mm -hmm. that that did it anything in that way. I think it mm -hmm. was just talking out loud. Like, the... Yeah, I don't, I don't even think that did anything. It was just, mm -hmm. I guess... In quotations, raising awareness, which which actual protest does. But at this point, if you are not aware, you don't fucking care. Like, who mm -hmm. are we? Who are we? Why are we still? Who are we still trying to get it? Like, who are we still trying right. to to fucking persuade and understand what the fuck is happening? You don't understand at this point. You don't fucking care. Why mm -hmm. am I still trying to fucking get you to get it? I don't understand a call to actions right now at this point. Mm -hmm. The action is. I don't give a fuck about your black ass life. That's what the action has been and that's what it's going to be. So what the fuck else are we going to do? I'm not going to keep fucking standing in front of a person's face who is fucking me over and be like, yo, this shit hurt. But like, yo, you said, you, this is what you said last. No, this is an abusive ass motherfucker. And I got to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do to stop being abused. I'm not going to stay in a fucking abuser's face. So like calls to action like this in front of a Grammy crowd makes no fucking sense to me. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. get it. I, I don't understand. Yeah. Makes no sense. For why? I don't know. It made me cringe. <laughs> it made me cringe. I'll just say that and move on. Because I think that you wrapped that up nicely. It, mm -hmm. it made me cringe and I don't want to start saying shit that don't have nothing to do with this because I have a lot to say because <laughs> I don't like her no I'm just kidding mostly <laughs> alright let's get off this oh gosh you wanna let's actually let's take a break yeah, yeah take let's a break. take a break and then when we come back we're gonna mm. talk about fucking all the white tears that's popping off in media all of the whites all of the whites <laughs> all of the whites so we're going to talk about that and dismantle and fucking theorize some of the shit that we've been seeing. Like, we know it's white tears, but also, what? So we're going we're gonna to talk about... <laughs> we're going to talk about that shit. We'll be right back. Yes. Money, 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 money. 
<laughs> Money! Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope-ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. Every week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamWithQueenAndJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. We have two options there. So two. Can, two. You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of Choice. Oh my god, we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time. Yes, all right, 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 and we're black all the time. Yes, yeah, so yikes, depending on when you're listening to this, <laughs> Oprah recently did an interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, and they talked about experiencing racism over at fucking buckingham palace and or wherever the fuck they live as members of the royal family Mm -hmm. it talked about that shit since the airing of that interview media has been giving their takes and sharing and the most notable events that have taken place things that turned into their own separate drama (laughs) yeah like Like, this ain't have nothing to do with you how you turn it you creating news over news you should have just ate your rice Eat okay. your rice. Eat your rice or your casserole or whatever you eat. <laughs> whatever you eat. Um, your biscuits. So drink your tea. The fuck. Drink your you teas. Stole? Drink your teas. So the two most notable things that took place that have connected themselves in in some ridiculous way so yeah. Piers morgan who was a broadcaster over in the uk he i don't know what why he was allowed to work in the u.s he worked in it at cnn for a while i think he was a talking head in the u.s for some time he is a right-wing mofo uh-huh. i think they deal with right-wing mofos different in the uk like he's just able to be on the morning show and and be racist and, I, and they just count it as his opinion i guess it's like oh well, that's just his opinion maybe they have more than one morning show because i'm sure fox news has a oh i'm sure yeah i'm sure they do but yeah but fox has a morning show and all of them are like that on fox oh this morning this particular morning show is still a general morning show where he happens to say racist things a lot along with other people who are normal you know what i'm saying and well that's normal because they are the ceo's (laughs) creators and distributors of white, of white supremacy. Good yeah. point. Good point. Good mm-hmm. point. So yeah. So the first thing that pops off is Pierce Morgan walks off of. I want to call it Good Morning Britain. Maybe that's not the name of it. I don't remember. But I Good like Morning Britain. 
he's confronted Good morning, on Wales. the show. I don't know. Why does Britain have three names? What? It's like Great Britain, England. Like, why it has so many names? Great Britain, England. It's like how America also has the United States. No. Yeah. United States is one name. Okay. There's Great Britain. That's one thing you could call it. Or you could call it England. Or you could call this America. But it's not. This is not technically America. People would just be calling it that. America is like all the things. Right. But maybe that's what's going on over there. Foolishness. The same uh, way well, foolishness, foolishness yes. Same thing, yes. Yes, right. correct. So who fucking knows? Anyway, we're from the Bronx. So, <laughs> like, let's keep this shit in perspective, okay? Let's just do what we do here, Look, all right? they're just so ridiculous, and I don't understand them. <laughs> right, right. But we got a lot of ridiculous shit going on here, all right? So let's not. Let's not do that. So anyway, uh, right, so the weatherman... <laughs> Wait! <laughs> the weatherman, the weatherman, Alex Beresford. Alex Beresford, another TV Italian who is actually a biracial black person. And that's something that Janicia does here. I call uh, biracial people. If they have a black parent, I call them biracial black people. That's what it is. Cry to your mom, okay? So he confronts Pierce Morgan on air. They're actually having a conversation about this. They actually invited Alex to the table to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Talk about the interview. Talk about the racism. The day after the interview that Meghan Markle did with Oprah, Oprah. the day after Pierce has said a bunch of stuff, he doesn't believe a word of it. She's a liar. She doesn't give a shit about her mental health. All this wacky shit, right? Yeah, so that happens. People were mad. There were people, of course, who agree with him. And of course, people who were outraged by the things that he said, dismissing Meghan Markle's mental health issues and all those things or whatever, dismissing her experiences with racism. The next day is when he's on there with Alex Beresford and they're talking about this incident again and he's affirming that Megan is lying, she's a liar, the things that she said are not true and Alex is talking about his experience as a person of color, as a man of color, like you can't just discount someone else's experience with racism because you yeah. don't know when you wasn't fucking there. Exactly, because you were, you were whole ass white. You a whole ass white man, right? And throughout this conversation, so all of these clips that we see, this clip and the clip with Sharon Osbourne that we'll talk about later. All of these clips that we see are clips of black people talking very nicely to white, to white people, people about racism, right? So we, I went back and I watched the um the whole exchange and of course they have now edited out you can't watch the whole exchange that includes the walkout because he walks out and then i think he comes back and they talk so they've edited out the walkout got it you can watch the walkout in a separate clip but not in one edited like good morning britain piece so all of these clips are longer clips of black people being incredibly kind yes to the white person that they're trying to explain racism to in the kindest most understanding and patient of ways and they are it then escalates to this point where the white person is like what are you talking about i don't understand yada 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 in the clip with alex beresford alex says to him listen you don't like megan it's clear that you all had a connection at some point you're not over it yeah. she cut you off she's allowed to cut you off and you're still fucking you didn't let it go you talk shit about her all year and she hasn't said shit about you like, what the fuck? So to that point, that's when Pierce Morgan walked off. And then later on, either that day or the next morning, he left. He quit the show. The, he quit the show. And Alex maintains, like, I didn't want him to quit. I just wanted him to fucking listen. Which right? he shouldn't even have to do either. Like, yes. Yes. Shouldn't have there was to do so, that. so much explaining and patience on Alex's part mm -hmm. and it's really people underestimate because no one cares and by people I mean white people in particular 
underestimate and don't care about how uncomfortable it is for black folks to talk about race. We yeah. don't want to talk about this shit we either. We don't. We don't. Alex wants to fucking do the weather. He wants, he's the weatherman. I am the weatherman. Why am I sitting here talking about race? Like, yes. when we talk about black people having to do extra work at work, this mm-hmm. is like the prime example. Like, he mm-hmm. literally, his job description is to tell the fucking weather. Yeah. And now I'm talking to you motherfuckers about race mm-hmm. and trying to compose myself to talk to you about race. And on my job description, it says weather fucking person. Mm-hmm. But he's a weather guy like Al Roker was a weather guy. Yeah, you know, but we still, but we don't, this is like. the morning show. Usually we're jolly in the morning. Usually true. morning shows, at least in this the States, true. I don't know what y'all doing over there in England or Britain mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck you call it. Mm-hmm. We, our morning shows are generally light and whatever. We leave the shady interviews for the nighttime. Like the Oprah mm-hmm. interview happened in the evening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, shady, shady shit be going down in the morning, but it's always a big deal. It's always like, oh, every now and then, because Al Roker had to say something to somebody one time yeah, about yeah. some racist but shit. It's, but it's like, they have to say it. Like, it's not like, right? it's yes. not like a segment yes. where it's like, now we're talking about race, right. you know, like, because yeah, that's right. not how morning shows go. Mm-hmm. But you're a black mm-hmm. person at work. You're always going to have to end up talking about race, correcting someone, saying something, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like, this man just wants to say to you, whether be mm-hmm. cute, smile, yeah, yeah. say good morning to Britain, and go home. Right, and go home. <laughs> he made a good point because he was like, basically that, right? But he was like, my identity won't allow me to just look at this shit like nothing horrible is happening. He's like, mm-hmm. watching you on this show from fucking 6.30 to 7 yesterday was incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly difficult for, t- for me to watch you sit there and spew your fucking, and I'm now I'm paraphrasing, spew your fucking racism and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this program, a number of times, and I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meg Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Oh, uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, mate, but not my no, own. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm being. Su- Sorry, can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. You see. I'm sorry, but Pierce spouts off on a regular basis and we all have to sit there and listen. 6.30 to 7 o'clock yesterday was incredibly hard to watch. Incredibly hard to watch. So they have this exchange. Pierce Morgan walks off like a crybaby because he can't handle this conversation, right? And in both this conversation and the conversation that takes place with Sharon Osbourne, which we'll talk about later, Mm -hmm. the black people in the dialogue say, I do not think you are a racist. Like, that is not what we're talking about. Even though we're watching and we're like, first of all, yes, we But We know you got to keep your job, but that's You got to keep your job (laughs) and you got to be nice and you know this person and you're not trying to hurt their feelings. Gotta on see national them television. And like right, right. But that's the other thing that like white people don't understand is that these people are being so nice. These black folks are being so nice in these conversations. Yes. Even even Meghan Markle and Harry were being so, so nice. nice. Yes. So fucking nice in these conversations of horrible, painful things that have happened Mm -hmm. and Alex Beresford the weatherman talking about how hard it was and how hard it has been for him to watch Pierce Morgan say racist shit 
about Meghan Markle, critique her in ways that he would never critique a white woman. It's been difficult for him to watch that over the past two years. And it has been difficult. It was incredibly difficult to hear him say the shit that he said after watching a whole interview of this woman talk about her experiences with mental health and racism at the fucking palace. Yeah, it makes me, that piece also makes me think of, because these are people like Megan, um, what's the weatherman's name? Alex. Alex, they can be considered white passing depending on Mm -hmm. whatever. The shit that they hear because- Yes. Oh my God, he said that. Did you watch fucking? Here. No, I didn't watch Did the, you watch it? I didn't watch so the whole he thing. said the that. The shit they he, fucking okay. hear. Yes. Yes. He says that. And now I gotta sit at work and sit across from this shit? The fuck? He <laughs> said. And this was, we've said this on the podcast before, but I like hearing other people say it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So he says that when you are a lighter shade of black, mm-hmm. white people feel, there are white people who feel like they can say things to you that they would never say to a black person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so you have this closer proximity. So the fact that he said that, I'm like, this is, yeah. I like hearing this because yeah. this, you're throwing it like right in their face. That is what goes on. I'm still black. Like this shit right. is still, because I'm white yes. and you think you're not talking to a black person right now? Yes. Like, yeah, well, that's what they think. They think there's some comfort also because mm-hmm. even if they know that you're black, there's a certain comfort because it's like, you're not black like that. Exactly. That's yes. not your experience. Yes. Even in the past, in the past, Sharon Osbourne, again, who we're about to talk about, yeah. Sharon Osbourne has said when they were talking about Meghan Markle, well, she's not she's black. She's not black. Black where? Look at her skin. She's like, white. Yeah, they're like, her right. mom is black. No, but look at her. That's not black. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because they associate these things, unless we're talking about, you know, how 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 brown Megan's baby is going to be. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, they associate this like, okay, well, you don't look like that. So we can talk about black, black people, people, black people together. Yeah. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, black people. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's what they be doing. That's what they be doing. Yeah. Yo, it's like, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, back when I used to try and have white friends at work or wherever. And all of a sudden, somebody's saying something anti-Semitic. They're like, Jews, am I right? And I'm like, wait, wait, what? What, <laughs> what are you talking about? First of all, we're in New York. You're not Jewish? But that aside. <laughs> Second of yeah, all, like, you, you hate Jews? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you know you're talking to a black person? You know, the last thing I want to hear from you is any kind of bigotry towards anybody? Are you fucking serious? Anyway. <laughs> but also, wait, we're in New York. You're not Jewish? Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> How? Anyway, right? What? <laughs> if I knew you weren't Jewish, I wouldn't be your friend. Okay? No, I'm just kidding. This, this explains the food now. This explains right? the food this you explains. bring to lunch. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so I thought it was cool that he said that shit. So this is, again, Pierce Morgan. So he leaves that job because he can't handle even having, because they they then, Good Morning Britain or whatever the fuck, Uh launched an investigation. What the fuck are you investigating? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, right? (laughs) I I do know what that means, but I think it's foolishness. It's on camera. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's just cold word for like, let's get the paperwork together. Well, my thing, right, is let's get the paperwork together. And figure out the next move. Do y'all be watching the show? You know what I'm saying? It's like, do you watch the show? I think sometimes they don't be watching the show. They say, like, all right, let let's me investigate back. means let's look at the contracts to see. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's see what can be done here. Yeah. That's what, what that is. Let's look at the paperwork. So they said they were launching an investigation and Pierce Morgan was like, uh-uh, not on me. And so he left, right? So the next day, mm-hmm. his good Judy, his homegirl, Sharon uh-huh. Osbourne, on the talk. So now the talk is an American talk show panel kind of show, show with all i don't know 
know what Elaine's pronouns are, but it's traditionally been all women. Yeah. And uh, right now on the talk, they Eve used to be on there. It's been different people hosting yeah. or whatever. Right now, the hosts include Elaine Welteroth, who black folks know as being, or many people know as being, well, she's an author, but also was the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue yeah. magazine, which was mm-hmm. a big deal because it was like, pieces would come out and you'd be like, is Teen Vogue yeah. woke? woke? Like what? So that was like, she was a big deal because of that. Yeah. And she was also like the youngest and first black kind of editor. Right. Um, magazine editor as well. Mm-hmm. So she was a big deal for that. Comedian Cheryl Underwood, who was a black woman, was on there. Mm-hmm. Sharon Osbourne is the wife of Ozzy Osbourne. And for those who were born yesterday, which I'm realizing a lot of you were, which is totally (laughs) fine, but it's just like, I'm an old nigga. Um, Back in the day, they used to have this reality show. What was it? Was it just the Osbournes? The Osbournes. The Osbournes? Right, okay. the Osbournes. All right. And that's when reality TV was actually reality TV. That was reality TV. Yes. Okay? That was good television. Yeah. That was good television. It was So a lot of people, a lot of people like that family from watching that reality show. Yeah. It was really just us looking at their huge mansion and then they'd be in the, on the couch in the kitchen watching TV and yelling at each other. <laughs> and, and it was great. And Kelly would have different color, color hair. hair. From scene to scene. From scene to scene sometimes. And I'm going to be honest. I could kind of relate to that as a black girl who changes her hair. I enjoyed her. A lot of black girls enjoyed her. Yeah. Right? She had good fashions. And didn't give a shit yeah. about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we enjoyed we enjoyed the Osbournes. Also a random white woman named Amanda Klutz. Who I was like, who is who this is that? woman yeah, on the show? All right, so I looked that. her up. She's a former, she's a former rockette. She's a Broadway dancer. Don't laugh. Just, just, that's <laughs> I'm trying to hold it. I know it's a job, but I didn't expect <laughs> you to say that. <laughs> all right, all right. Because I was for real. Like, is she just there to be another white woman? Like, who is this it person? It sounds like it. Yeah, Elaine is a fucking. <laughs> Trailblazing ass black woman. Cheryl Mm -hmm. Underwood has been like a fucking trailblazing ass comedian. comedian. And then it's a Mm -hmm. fucking rocket. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Anyway, so she's also very pretty. Oh my God. No, but she's a former rocket. Because I'm saying this because I was like, who is this person? But it's always on these shows, there's always at least one person where you're like, who is this person? So that's not unique to amanda you know what i'm saying so right she's a former rockette a broadway dancer and she has acted in a few things on screen but i think her main gig was broadway type stuff i don't understand Listen, this show is about up, opinions you show up you apply for the job and the show is about get opinions. It. but now i understand why she was so awkward <laughs> <laughs> don't I don't think she was that awkward. Honestly, as a white person, I think she could have done a lot worse. I gotta say. You know what I'm saying? Sharon was up there being a whole entire bigot. No, no. And awkward she was... as in, like, damn, this is the conversation we're having. Like, right, right, like, right, right, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. She, she, yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. So, right. So, she was on there. There's uh, Carrie Ann. I forget the last, her last name. But she's been out sick, so she yes, wasn't on the episodes on or episode. whatever. I know right. she was like, child. <laughs> she was at home like, child. <laughs> Let me tell you something. She might not have even been sick anymore. <laughs> she had been sick. She had been sick. They had that that conversation. And then the the next day, they were going to talk more about this shit. I'm sure she was like, you know what? I'm still sick. 
Okay, I thought I was feeling better. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not even doing this. I am sick. Yo, that's like when you come to school the next day when it was a fight day before, but you were absent, and you be like, "Shit, I miss everything." Like you be trying to piece it together because, like, I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. I know that feeling. I can relate. And Elvis the dog, who I think is Sharon's <laughs> dog. So the dog was was also there, which under normal circumstances, I might have found it cute. I like bringing Hennessy everywhere I go. You know, when she's semi-behaving, she don't generally know how to act. But I liked bringing her to work oh, and stuff. So I get having a dog on stage. But I just feel like when you talk For about that like, conversation, racism, yeah, that conversation. Maybe leave the dog. The maybe dog leave the dog off offset if it was making stuff more awkward because they're like it screaming and he's just walking awkward. around the set living walking his best life the set yo <laughs> so right so and it's also so it's a social distance setup so yes. they're sitting they're they're there live together i know the view is kind of still doing zoom I, I think so yes yeah but the talk they are there live on set together because whoopi whoopi probably was like i ain't having it <laughs> i can imagine Facts. i, ain't having I don't it. need to be there okay <laughs> But the talk, they're sitting, they look like they were over six feet apart yeah. from each other. Yeah. But I like the setup. Me too. Right. I like the setup. I thought it was really cute. So the happenings are the day after this guy walks off set, the day after Pierce Morgan walks off set of his own show, Sharon Osbourne, because she's from Britain, gets on her show. They talk about, they're talking about the whole thing. They're talking about the Meghan Markle interview and they're talking about- The walk off. The walk off. And- they all give their opinion on this show. And Sharon is, to me, clearly a little bit uncomfortable with talking mm -hmm. about it. But she says, you know, he gives his opinion. That's how he felt. And, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. And he's a royalist. And I guess that's a term that I've been introduced to from this. Same, same. Yeah. And that's basically somebody who fucks with the palace, the queen, heavy, and believes yeah. in all of that pomp and circumstance type shit or whatever, right? So he's a royalist. He doesn't like so-and-so, you know, whatever. So she kind of, she makes it clear that's her friend. She makes it clear that, you know... He's entitled to his opinion. I think that she says that he shouldn't have walked off. But it's clear that she doesn't want to say much, right? Yeah, it's yeah. semi-harmless. The co-hosts are, are saying their opinions about him, but they're not saying as much about... Like, they don't really challenge her position on yeah, it yeah. at all, right? Mm -hmm. So this yes. is the episode. And if anybody wants to go back and watch these episodes, because we've seen clips floating around, but these clips always omit mad shit yes, right yes. so even the alex beresford clip of him talking to pierce morgan there was mad conversation of him explaining why this shit is racist and not okay and mm -hmm. his position on this shit there was mad tape of that before we even get to the walk off mm -hmm. so this, this so again this is the march 9th episode of the talk she says her piece cheryl makes a few jokes or whatever and that's it for the most yeah. part right mm -hmm. then I guess that wasn't enough it for wasn't. Sharon. Mm -mm. She had to then uh, tweet. So it's like, okay, you supporting your racist friend. People, like, ain't nobody really watching this show all like that anyway. All right? Then you drop a tweet. A tweet. A tweet that nobody, nobody asked for. Nobody. She drops this tweet. Piers Morgan, I am with you. I stand by you. People forget that you're paid for your opinion. And that you are just speaking your truth. 
Yeah. So yeah. So that's a double down. People did not like that shit. They felt like she was standing up for this racist. Yeah. It's a lot of different comments that she could have made, I feel like, in support of a friend who was playing themselves. I feel like she made her statement already. Like, you did yes. not have to do the tweet. Because, like, the the part where she does the first, this is my friend, blah, 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 mm-hmm. that didn't become a clip. That wasn't something mm-hmm. that became conversation. This kind of could have right. blew over and she just said what she said and uh-huh. left it where it was at. I wonder if she was asked to do this. What, to put her tweet? To do her to tweet? To tweet. I wonder if he asked her to tweet. For why? To stir confusion and to be supportive of him. If he was like, hey, could you tweet this? I'm getting killed on Twitter or whatever the fuck. Oh, well, it was not a smart mood for her to do that it was tweet not. if that was it the was case not. because she already supported her friend on live national television. I think mm-hmm. that's enough right. i didn't like i don't agree with her statement or anything like that mm-hmm. but that was enough mm-hmm. you stood by your friend you said whatever and that could have just moved on and kind of blew over because that little piece that she said didn't become a clip did it become conversation didn't become even right. her co-host kind of just like moved on they moved on from what that way. is but you right. want to be a fucking twitter finger ass motherfucker asked mm-hmm. or not who the fuck knows and now it has snowballed right. into all these other things because you're used to being white and right all the fucking time. Yeah. So you don't even realize that, you know, like you, you kind of like dug your own grave in this situation. Yeah. I also think she does, she doesn't think he said anything wrong. Oh, she doesn't. Yeah. I don't think that she, white people think they know everything yep. and they understand racism in these very limited ways. And if they didn't see it happen in a way that they understand, then it didn't happen. Yes. So I think that she felt justified in saying, I stand by you. Like, I think it was, I think for her it was more than the freedom of speech. I think she really believes that he didn't. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's why I, like, that's why I think she just tweeted. Like, it wasn't right. like she. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's why I know she just yeah. tweeted because she's just being white and just like nothing wrong mm-hmm. happened. Like to her, she never could have imagined that all of the stuff that has now happened. And we're going to explain that, you know, throughout the episode. Right. could happen because she's she's done shit like this before and it's probably blown over yeah it's been yeah. nothing because she's white you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know so then this clip surfaced because i don't again we don't watch the talk right no, i don't even know why they call it that it's weird eve had been on that show for years and, we and i had no idea that eve was even on television again okay <laughs> like i knew she was on there because i like eve but for years i thought it was a year right no, she had been there for years. So, I it was one year. and the talk has been on. This is season eleven. Yeah, I had, no, I, I had no idea. Who fucking yeah, knew? I did not know. So, we see this clip floating around social media, and the clip that is shared is a clip of an irate, tearfully enraged Sharon Osbourne screaming, screaming. at a calm and adorable Cheryl, Cheryl Underwood, Underwood, who has right? the best smile. She's always smiling. Like she's fucking adorable. Yes, right? she is a very adorable. Fucking woman. adorable, and she looked particularly cute in this episode. She did. I was feeling that hair, Cheryl. Yes, feeling that hair. That was a good. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, she looked good. <laughs> her hair is cute. Her yep. makeup is cute. She's one of those women that, if left to her own devices, matches. She shouldn't be left her. To <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna say that, but if left to her own devices matches her shoes to her belt to her shirt to her bracelet to her headband to her earrings Ooh. to her panties and you know we'll maybe wear a solid pant in a different color but everything else matches her jewelry her you know one of those everything her eyelids yeah right <laughs> her lipstick yes yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes 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 which maybe maybe you would say we don't want to leave you to your own devices yeah. so she dresses like that it's a look it's a certain it's a certain group of women who dress that way. It's cute. It's usually associated with, I associate that look 
with a fish plate. Wow, I wasn't gonna go there because it's it, it crosses races. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna listen. Yeah. To, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to see it's, where you're going. It's with a this. certain kind of mom, but it's not like I guess it would be. Yeah, like moms in their 60s now. She's mm-hmm. she's in her late 50s or whatever. So I would say moms in their like their late 50s mm-hmm. through maybe maybe 80. I would say that okay. kind of like heavy, heavy, matchy, matchy. We also know people in our age group who do this. But I'm just saying, like, the more popular, I'm just going to match all of these things mm-hmm. in this one color, except for my pants. That's <laughs> of a certain, that's of a certain type of people who dress like this, right? Gotcha. I don't know why I went there. Oh, this is why I went there. Okay. This is why I'm dissecting her outfit. Because she looked cute this day, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay. You look about cute, cute We're talking about the attire and stuff like that. We're not talking about, like... We're not talking about her physical or anything. Not p- talking yeah, about yeah, that. yeah, yes. yeah. No, we're talking about like what she was wearing, her hairstyle, yeah. the makeup colors exactly. that were chosen, right? Yep. So she looked cute. So the clip is floating around of her looking cute and this enraged white woman yelling at her. Yeah. Explain it to me. Explain it to me. What has he said that was racist? Talking about Pierce and, Morgan. What has he said? And don't you dare cry. I should I be should the be one the who's crying. crying. Right. But I want you to hear from me. I will ask you again, Cheryl. I've been asking you during the break. I'm asking you again. And don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. This is the situation. You tell me where you have heard him say, educate me. Tell me when you have heard him say racist things. Educate me. Tell me. It, It is not the exact words of racism it's the implication and the reaction to it to not want to address that because she is a black woman and to try to dismiss it or to make it seem less than what it is that's what makes it racist but but right now i'm talking to a woman who i believe is my friend and i don't want anybody here to to watch this and say that we're attacking you for being racist and and, and that and and for that if i articulate it i think it's anything, too late i think that okay. seeds already sown but that that is why i'm saying for me okay so this is floating around and this is problematic for all the obvious reasons mm-hmm. white women's tears are weaponized and are to be cared for and concerned about and black women we're not allowed to show any kind of emotion nope we're not allowed to cry and and her telling her not to cry and suppressing her tears it's just it was disgusting yes and it was clear in the clip that cheryl was trying to explain the reasons why many of us or many people believe that piers morgan is racist and for whatever reason which we couldn't understand the clip sharon of course is taking this super personal and being offended and white tears white fragility they were cursing and everything like there was like two times that they cursed because they went to commercial and you can hear them Mm -hmm. like they as in sharon um yes sharon was cursing and at that time they were like oh we're gonna go to commercial Mm-hmm. They weren't cursing like a lot, but you, it's two times where they like take off the sound. So there were probably curses there. Then when they come back from commercial, you could tell Sharon was still like when they were cutting. Sharon is still like talking and moving, but you don't see right. microphones are off. Commercial happens. They right. come back. You can tell shit still went down mm-hmm. while they were on commercial. It's a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. All right. So that was the clip that was floating around on Twitter. So then we went and watched the full clip right and so it ends up being like a whole half of the episode 
that this conversation about race and racism takes place. So yeah. it starts off, they open the episode because Sharon is actually now feeling like she wants to explain her support for Piers yes. Morgan from the mm-hmm. episode the day before. Yep. And she wants to explain her tweet. So that's yes. how it opens. It opens with the them giving her the floor. Like, yes. Yes. They say Mrs. Way. O wants to make some comments. It's even in the intro, like in the beginning where they do the little music and they say mm-hmm. the intro to the show. Like, yes, it's, it's planned. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're going to talk about this. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So the show opens and Sharon Osbourne gives this kind of speech about how she meant to support him and she did not mean to support what he was saying. She doesn't support necessarily. I don't even know if she says she doesn't, but basically saying her being in support of him does not mean that she supported what he said. Right. Yeah. So she gives a little thing about that. That's fine. Cheryl Underwood then says, oh, because she says it and then she looks to the two black black co-hosts. People. Yeah. Right. She looks to both of them and she's sitting in between both of them. Right. So again, the two black people are Elaine and then Cheryl Underwood. Right. So she looks to them and Cheryl talks first and she's because she asks Cheryl, like, did you think like we Pierce has been here and, you know, he's just outspoken and that's just who he is or mm-hmm. whatever. And like, what do you think? or whatever and Charles was like well when he comes here I think to myself we're not going to be able to speak because he's going to talk over all of us Mm -hmm. and you know whatever but then she says you're my friend I've considered you a friend I know that you're not racist or whatever what would you say to people because it has the reason why Sharon is doing this whole speech is because people have been saying on Twitter what's your problem why are you making this weird ass fucking statement in support of this fucking racist Mm -hmm. right so she's like she says to her you're my she sets it up so nice you're my friend I've never known you to be a racist or say anything ridiculous. As far as I know, when you don't understand something, you ask, you're willing to learn. She says all of these nice things about this white woman, right? She says all these nice things about this white woman. And then she's like, what would you say to people who say that your support of Pierce Morgan and supporting some of the things that he has said, which I have felt some of the things that he's said has been racist, what would you say to those people? So she's like, you know, Sharon is like, I'm not trying to avoid this question but i don't know what he's done that has been racist can you tell me right so right now we're still calm yeah and she asks a question and we all know that sharon is white so as a black person watching this i'm not even offended by this question yet even though i know it's ridiculous right and i don't think that cheryl or elaine were offended by this question of what did he do that was racist because then Cheryl goes on to explain the racism in the ways in which Pierce has been picking on Meghan Markle yes. right and mm-hmm. the racist undertones of that then Elaine then Elaine yes. does this long yes thoughtful patient and kind explanation because that's the other thing about the clip that we saw we don't even know that elaine is also sitting there as another black person on the show right Mm -hmm. i'm looking at this clip i'm like we're not going to talk about the fact that elaine is sitting there adorably dressed like a malibu barbie (laughs) in a gorgeous boot okay she always like yeah we're not going to discuss this at all so Mm -hmm. she's sitting there looking adorable then then she opens her mouth and gives this amazing explanation of unconscious bias and she's like you know most people who are racist and do racist things don't even know they're racist it's an unconscious bias it's a thing you're unaware of and she explains all of the so well yeah all of the covert racism that has existed and she mentions she's like you know he has been sexist as well and she's like i wish that we had examples to include but this is this is a real thing that they've experienced and you're 
support for him. It's not so much that we need people not to be racist, but we need people to be anti-racist. We need people to stand up for anti-racism. Like not being racist is almost, and, 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 and but without being anti-racist, I think that's the thing. When people, people feel that he's racist, people have receipts. I wish we had them today so that we could actually go deeper into this uh -huh. conversation so people could see why people feel that he's racist and sexist. And I mean, there's a lot, but um, we don't have those receipts here. But I think the, I think no, the bigger I, point is anti-racism is what is being called for, not just not being racist. So when, when, we, when we kind of give passes or give space to people who are, who are, being, who are saying damaging, harmful things, what we're kind of doing is permissing it. And I think that's what people are reacting to. And I don't, it doesn't, I mean, there's something called unconscious bias, right? I don't think that everybody who is actually racist knows they're racist. Um, I don't think that everyone who does things from a place of unconscious bias, that's called unconscious bias for a reason. Yes. You're not aware of it. So when somebody else is saying to you, hey, the things that you're saying are racist, they're harmful, they hurt me, I think that it, there is, especially now, I hope that folks can, can take a beat and stop and listen and really reflect on why they're saying that. So she says all of this. So, so Sharon has asked the question about what was racist. Cheryl has answered kindly. Mm -hmm. Elaine has answered thoroughly. Very okay? thorough. Thoroughly and kindly. Mm -hmm. This white woman says, I feel like I'm being put in the electric chair because I'm supporting my friend and being called a racist. And she motions. She motions like she's in an electric chair too. Like visually, like she motions like she's in an electric chair. She's yeah. Okay. Like she's After these in. two black people who have affirmed to her several times, you are our friend. It's uncomfortable to talk to your friend on national television about race in this way. Mm -hmm. We love you. You've been kind to us. We care about you in this. Loving, because because that's the thing. It's not ever about how you talk to white people about racism. No, it's that you talk to white that people even about racism to them about at all. It. Yes, yep. yes. Because in all of these instances where people are so outraged that these black folks, biracial black folks, are talking about racism or experiencing it all, the outrage is that it's even being discussed. The outrage is yeah. how dare you would how even you mention it as a possibility. Yes. Yeah. The outrage, because then again, so she feels like she's being put in the electric chair. Explain to me. So this is like this is when she is now like upset. Now she's working herself into this frenzy mm -hmm. of feeling attacked and being upset. The camera cuts, like you said, this is when she curses. The camera yeah. cuts to the ceiling. Like we're not even they cut it so that we can't even look at her mouth. She curses yeah, twice. She's how curses, can, how can she I be racist? So much. Yeah, then, yes. Yeah. How can I be racist? Someone like me who's blah 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 blah. Who knows what the fuck she said in that moment or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she does this several times. Everyone is kind of watching her like what the fuck? She's having a fucking white fragility Karen ass meltdown. Yep. That's when we get the clip that we've been seeing where she's like tell me you say this is racist. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell. And they have already told her, they, but she wants to hear it. She wants to hear it in the way that she already understands racism. She wants to hear that he has called her a nigger. She wants to yeah. hear. He wants, she wants that to he hear. has called her a baboon or something. Exactly. She wants to hear what she already understands as racism. And to me, it discredits at the black people in this situation who would know. We are the ones who yes. know what the fuck it is yes. to be having racist experiences and for people to do racist shit. We are the ones who determine yes. what is racism. Yes. 
Because we yes. are the ones who experience it. Thank White you. motherfuckers don't experience racism. You can't determine what racism is. You can't say what it is. You can't tell us how it's supposed to look. You can't tell us how it's supposed to taste, smell, none of that shit. Because you don't experience it. The fuck? The only thing that you can do as a white person is affirm that it was not your intention yep. to be racist. You cannot say that wasn't, that racist. wasn't racist. You can't. You can't. You mm -mm. can say that wasn't my intention. I did not know. And so instead of Sharon saying, oh, wow, I did not know. This is new to me. I did not know. It still is something I don't understand. I'm going to think about it more. I never mean to offend yeah. anyone. I never mean to support anything racist. I just know that I love my friend and I love you all. You all are my friends here as well. And I'm going to try and learn more and be better. And she could have fucking left it at that. At that. But this was, how dare you people even talk to me about racism? I was going to come on this show, say my point, and we could move on. Mm -hmm. But it, it also brings back to the fact of the luxury of her not having the identity. Like how Alex was talking about, my identity won't yes. allow me to just not address this. I yeah. can't just not mm -hmm. address it. Yeah. Cheryl's identity, Elaine's identity. You cannot sit there with this woman who is saying and affirming racism and not address it and they address it in this patient and kind and loving so way and that kind. this woman these people never deserve this kindness ever and we do it because we have to in a certain way like these people in these it's, positions it's a survival in these roles. thing yes yes you yes you yeah. yes they are addressing it with kindness and sharon totally spazzes out on these people who she cares about allegedly and it's like, where is the, where is the love? Where is the friendship in that? If you're, but, and that also speaks to the global dismissal of black pain of us. Yes. Everyone mm -hmm. thinks that we're fucking lying. Yep. Everyone thinks we're lying. Everyone. And it's like, unless me as a white person can point or a non-black person of color can point and say, oh yeah, I understand that as racism. Then it doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. It doesn't matter. We're mm -hmm. liars. We're exaggerators. We are playing a race card or whatever the fuck to, to get something. They think we're going to earn something out yeah. of playing this race card mm -hmm. or whatever. So it was most disgusting to me to see her yelling and cursing at her friends and watching it actually watching the entire segment versus yeah. watching the clip knowing that there was a whole nother black woman there that gave this long long explanation clear careful loving breakdown of did everything short of holding that woman's hand yes to yes. get it and right yeah. i'm telling you right after elaine said all of that amazing stuff with grace that i don't have <laughs> So mm -hmm. I commend her for that because I don't have mm -hmm. that in me. Like, I don't. And I understand that's a tool for survival. I usually get annoyed when I see that, but I do understand that that's a tool for survival. So I don't fault any right. black person who handles things in that way, even though I don't have the capacity. Mm -hmm. Elaine says all of that. I'm telling you, one second. You said this already, but it just blows my mind how one second, literally one second after Elaine does that, mm -hmm. she turns to shovel and is like, explain. No, that's what she says. I'm in an electric chair. When this person kindly mm -hmm. said you weren't racist says mm -hmm. that i know these things about you i know you they did all of these things to like pad the yep. words so yep. that maybe sharon can disconnect herself from what yep. they're talking about in terms of racism mm -hmm. and how it is systemic and how you could be unconscious about what mm -hmm. you are doing because you are the privileged motherfucker in a situation right. And this person felt like they were in an electric chair. Yeah. And these are people who you consider your friends who are talking about their pain. Like when we see these things happening because of Megan's blackness, her mm -hmm. being treated this way, when we see these things happening, when we see the way that Pierce Morgan spoke to 
Alex Beresford because of his blackness. When we are now watching the way that Sharon is responding to Mm -hmm. Elaine and Cheryl because of their blackness, it's hurtful to all of us. Yeah. It's hurt because we have all experienced shit that is specifically related to our blackness. We have all experienced anti-blackness. And so it's not just these two black women sitting there trying to explain to their friend Sharon the nuances of covert racism that she doesn't understand. They're also navigating their own pain and the pain of having to explain to one of your friends, somebody who you thought banged for you, wrote for you. That's why I don't really have white friends. The pain of having to explain to them like, hey, like, you're being racist now and like this mm-hmm. is this is like not just a thing that happened but this is also a thing that I live with and I feel and that yeah. I experience mm-hmm. which I know would be like if I was Cheryl of course it was hard in the situation but they've been on the show the longest together right. like we've been doing this Cheryl has offered that grace many times over yeah. many times I don't watch the show but I'm sure mm-hmm. she has because her and Sharon have been on the show the longest she said she said that we've been yeah she said we've been talking about covert racism and these things and mm-hmm. you always seem to be understanding. We don't even know how much of that is true. But mm-hmm. she's presenting this like, because you're my friend. I'm telling the world yeah, that you're that not a fucking racist. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So that was that was really disgusting to watch. It was um, very- so after they come back from, from commercial and... Things have calmed down a bit. A little but, bit. Uh, a little bit, but Sharon has already showed her whole ass. And the Elvis the dog has moved now to another <laughs> section yeah. of the state. Elvis the, Elvis the dog is unbothered. Even Elvis walked away from Sharon. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have to. <laughs> yeah, unbothered on another, another part of the set. And mm-hmm. Elaine makes this great comparison of the term royalist and how Pierce is a royalist to the ways in which people in the U.S. are, there are people who go up for the Confederacy and yes. all the culture that comes along yeah, this with is it. And then culture, claim that, this is my culture. Yes. Right. This mm-hmm. is not about racism. This is not about slavery, but all the culture associated with those things. Because yep. if you're a royalist and you go up for the queen and imperialism in this way, there is racism attached to that. Can't can't avoid that. That's You can't, like, you can't just separate that out. That's yeah. not how this works. Yeah. And that's something Sharon also couldn't see a correlation with. She's like, no, it's not the same thing. The cultures is different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the culture is racism. What are you talking about? Right. Like, they don't understand that the culture, a huge part of your culture is racist and perilous shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you know, they, they don't, we know that here. And most of our mm-hmm. listeners know that. But it's just like, that is the culture, ma'am. That is it. Yeah. But to me, this was like another example of how much white people hate not knowing things because they are white supremacists and because the standard for humanity is whiteness. It's like, if I don't understand your pain, then it didn't happen. Yeah, and that's what real. that was. Because all so many times, all she had to do was just say, you know what? I, I have to say I hadn't thought about this before. And thank you for explaining it to yeah. me. And I'll think about it differently now. That's that's it. That's it. That's it. But nah, she's still doubling down. Yeah. <laughs> Still. So separate from this shit, watching Alex Beresford... That again, that's the um the biracial, the black biracial weatherman that was on Good Morning Britain talking to Pierce Morgan. Watching him talk about being a person of color. He never he never said in that segment, he never said that he was a black man, right? Mm-hmm. But he talked about the experiences that he had due to anti-blackness. And it made me think about somebody in response to the episode that we did last week, somebody on our Instagram was like, they said, speaking of Meghan Markle. I just want to know what her aversion is to saying that she's black. 
Why keep saying woman of color, not owning that seems anti-black and the antithesis of her public persona. It's like she stepped into her crown without stepping into her crown. I don't know what that means. Well, that got a little queen hotep at the end. But that's okay. <laughs> we, we're not going <laughs> to. I'm like, wait, what? We're not shading you for that. Thanks for listening to the episode and for your comment. But it made me think about people who, because Meghan Markle also throughout that whole interview did not refer to herself as yeah, black. And I, I think generally, I don't think that we have maybe ever, I don't pay her a lot of attention. So yeah, I, don't I don't know either. that we've ever really heard her say that. And people mm-hmm. have said that she refers to herself as a person of color but in that interview she didn't say that she was black mm-hmm. she's a person of color alex beresford in this conversation didn't say that he was black i did read something that he wrote during the height of the george floyd assassination and mm-hmm. like everything that happened All after of the that so he, happening yeah right and so he wrote something about that for the sun and he throughout refers to himself as a biracial person as a person of color However, he talks about black people throughout and he uses we, he uses we terms. Mm -hmm. So he includes himself in this collective of black people, but does not say, does not say anything like as a black man, as a this, that, or whatever, right? But he'll Mm -hmm. say as a person of color, as a mixed person. And I read something that Megan wrote back in 2016. So this is before she took the crown. She's talking Mm -hmm. about her identity and she doesn't, there's a story in there about her being a kid and having to check a box and, you know, kind of the trauma that she experienced in that as a child Mm because they told her to check white and she was like wait what so she just didn't fill anything in Mm because what the fuck but she doesn't identify as black in that article but she also doesn't make a big deal out of i don't identify as black you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but anyway anyway that's not something generally me as a black woman that's not something that ever bothers me unless i feel like people are trying to disassociate from blackness which i I don't particularly feel that not being a biracial person and not, especially we're talking about biracial people right now, at least in this conversation. Yeah. Biracial people who are also white passing to Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yes. And I think that people who are able to leave their house and people, if you don't know these people, right. Allowed to exist in the world as white, I feel like there is a responsibility to acknowledging that you don't experience the world as your black parent does. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you don't. That's the reality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I have felt, and I know people have different feelings about this. I have felt that these particular individuals not identifying in the media and mm-hmm. these, these are public personas. Right. So who knows if we were at drinks and some shit came. Who knows how black or how they identify, you know, one-on-one, yeah. right? But in the mm-hmm. media where all of us are watching and listening or whatever, I have not found it offensive that they have not said, I am a black person. I identify as a black woman. I identify as a black man or whatever. Yeah. That that doesn't make me feel like they are being anti-black. It has made me feel like they acknowledge that in the world, the There's world does not experience. perceive them. Right. It's a different it's a experience. Different and yes. Yes. In the article that Megan wrote, which I'm not saying that it was a fantastic like essay on race. She's just talking about her identity and her experience as a biracial person. But she talks about her mom being called a nigger and watching what her mom went through. To me in that moment, it's very clear that she knows that she's not going to ever be, her mom was like trying to park a car and somebody next to her was upset, another driver or whatever. That's not ever going to happen to Megan. Mm-hmm. I mean, now the world knows. Megan is different because the world knows that her mom is a black person or whatever. So it's not like she can walk around and pass. And pass in these don't. ways that she right, needs to be able to right. pass. 
Exactly. Exactly. When people don't know who your parent is and you look like that, you can pass. But Megan doesn't have no longer has that quote unquote privilege of passing because Mm -hmm. we all know who her mama is or whatever. But to me, it has been watching these particular people not identify publicly as black people saying that they are black has been to me. I've perceived it as an acknowledgement of my experience is not the same as the experience of a darker skinned black person. Mm -hmm. That's how I have been thinking Mm -hmm. about it. And it it made me think about that more when Alex was clearly calling out Pierce for being a racist Mm -hmm. as a person of color, as a person of black color. You know what I'm saying? He's calling this thing out, but also acknowledging in this conversation of the fact that he's a lighter shade of black and people think they can say stuff to him because things to him that they would not say in the presence of darker skinned black folks. So that's how I felt about it. What do you think? I think that I kind of wish that everyone would shut up. So like the reason why I say that is because it's like, I'm not a biracial person. I don't Mm -hmm. know the experience of having a background that is of one race and another. So it's very easy for me to make this shit so easy and simply black and white. I'm a darker Mm -hmm. skinned black person. When I walk into the room, holistically, everybody fucking already knows how to treat me. I don't know, um, not holistically, as far as blackness is concerned, because I do have other things a part of my identity. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like to walk into a room and then people decide how to treat you based on what you tell them your race is. That's something completely Mm -hmm. different. That's another layer that I don't have to experience. You know, and I, I think mm-hmm. that we don't and I could say I'm someone who 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 has rejected it, too. But we don't really care to listen to these stories of biracial people because we always hear it as they're whining and this. And I don't know what box mm-hmm. to check, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But like we have to like fucking be for real that that is a thing like identity for them is something very different. And mm-hmm. there is no universal word for right biracial people at least in the united states and other countries Mm -hmm. they do have words and i'm not saying that we have to have a word so that's not what i'm saying but like who oh we used to have a word it was called mulatto (laughs) sorry i just like saying that because it's so ridiculous it is that's an inappropriate term don't 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 use that 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 did used to be something yeah and that's not we don't we don't have quadroon those are all bad words we don't have the language or there is no language, right? There's a, there, mm-hmm. like language helps with identity. So now there's no like language for biracial people. And I don't think there needs to be, but because mm-hmm. there isn't now it's like all this pressure to identify with something or like, can a person just say they're biracial? Do they have to say I'm black biracial? Do they have to say, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of identity pressure that I can't relate to at all. So I don't, think that not that I can't relate I don't yeah it's not my experience so I don't I don't think it's my place to dictate how people are supposed to present or what they're Mm -hmm. supposed to say I don't think those people saying person of color is harmful because I do think that it's layered and it's like acknowledging that like the world definitely sees me and treats me as someone 
something different than a right. than what they would see. If, like if, if Queen walked into the room, but it's still not completely white. You know, I, I, I do yeah. think that it is okay to kind of acknowledge stuff in that way. And then we don't say these things to. There are plenty of black people, fully black, if that's a thing, mm-hmm. who say person of color, woman of color, who are also afraid to say black too. But we only mm-hmm. kind of like gear this conversation toward people who have mixed racial identities. And mm-hmm. it's like, I just wish there was more nuance around this. Mm-hmm. I just wish there was more like, why can't people decide who they want to be? Like, I know we don't live mm-hmm. in a world where we could just skip around and just pick, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's just, it just, the conversation to me is just comes off a little like, just be quiet. Like, yeah. and that moment, her saying women of color was not harmful she just wasn't distancing herself from blackness she mm-hmm. or he have never said i am not black that is when it becomes harmful well it's when it's like mm-hmm. actual like i am not black i am like this i think it is important to like consider the nuance because let's be for mm-hmm. real if those two white passing ass motherfuckers were screaming at the top of the lungs they're black we'll be like mm, are they really black but are right. they black so yes. but are they black yes. black but are you black I ain't see your right. mother, but are you black? And then we'll start mm-hmm. having these conversations about police and blackness and all of this stuff, which to me mm-hmm. is a faulty conversation. Like, as far as police and blackness, like, you can't police blackness if you do not address colorism. It's just all of this faulty right. shit right. that needs to be addressed. And yeah. we're saying that it is the job of the mixed race person to, like, pick the right thing. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just too because much. There are, right. There are, there are people who look like them who shout that they're black. And, and then and, it's like, because you know, I love, mm-hmm. you know, I love reading a fucking Twitter thread or a Facebook comments or whatever. I read them all. It's always somebody. <laughs> and people talk about other people's race all the time. It's yes. always somebody who shows up in the comments like, oh, they're not black. Now nah, they're not black. And sometimes they be talking about a light skinned person with two black ass parents. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're not always talking about biracial people. Sometimes. So people don't know, but people are light skinned. That's right. weird to me too. Yes. Yeah, oh, they're not black. That's a light skinned black person. <laughs> Yeah. No, they're yeah. not black. Yeah. They're not black. They're not so black. It's like, they're not black. They're not black. They're not black. They're not black. They're not we're, black. They're not black. Yeah. Not black. We're not offering them, right. I think. We're not offering first of all, we're not having nuanced conversations about mixed race people, and particularly right. mixed race people who are black, right? Who have mm-hmm. a black parent. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't happen enough. And then when we do have the conversation, it's just policing what they say they present as, but not going any further than that. So we're mm-hmm. saying, oh, they're saying women of color. Mm, mm, mm. But then if another person who looks the same way says black, oh, you saying black? Mm, mm, mm. You know, it's just like, what right. the fuck is it? Right. What is it? Right. What the fuck? Right. Right. What is it? Yeah. I don't understand that. that. That conversation always kind of makes me uncomfortable because it always stays at this basic level of like, what do we call this person? And it never mm-hmm. goes further than that. Right. The other thing also, I think it has to do with like experience because my whole thing is... I don't care what you call yourself, but when the shit goes down, do you bang with me? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's how when I When the shit see goes it. down, are yeah. we good? And I feel like when the, when the shit went down, Alex was ready to ride. And so call yourself whatever you want to call yourself or whatever. Alex showed up. He was with the shits. So whatever. Fine. When it comes to Megan, reading about Megan and her experience, it sounds like she did not, in addition to her experience as a mixed race person, it sounds like she did not grow up around 
a whole lot of black people, mm-hmm. right? So like even in my concept of race of like call yourself what you want to call yourself, when it's time to ride, are you are you down or are you fucking anti-black or whatever, right? Are you are you supportive of black folks and our struggle or are you are you anti-black or some shit? Even for people like Megan, if you don't fully understand or if you don't have a concept and I'm not saying that she does or does not, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just going off of this based on what I have learned about her as somebody who grew up around mostly white folks. When yeah. pictures show up of her and her friends from back in the day, it's her and mostly white folks, right? Yes. So like, if you are somebody who people look at you and assume that you are white or not black and you grew up surrounded by white folks, white culture, shit like that, like I don't fault you for not mm-hmm. understanding fully the struggle of black folks. Yeah. And honestly... I don't need or want you to say anything because, like, I don't, don't fuck this up. Like, don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't mean don't be an ally, but. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it makes sense to understand your privilege. So you, your experience your is different from mine because of your privilege. Right. And let's be for real because we get mad when the biracial, ambiguous, light-skinned or whoever black person is the center. We all get upset. Right. We like mm-hmm. whatever. So like if they mm-hmm. played the, the corner and played it back. We get upset too. So it's like, mm-hmm. what? Let's like, for real. Like, what the fuck right. is it? Like, we, I. Right. so usually when people say, I'm just kind of just like, but like, what really is it? Because mm-hmm. what is it? Are we policing blackness? Are we not? Are we whatever? How are you policing blackness when you a colorist as fuck? Like, what? Right. Are y'all really thinking about these things that you are saying mm-hmm. and an understanding that because of our past that nothing is ever going to 100% make sense. Yeah. Nothing is going to ever 100% make sense. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. Mm -hmm. So it's just silly to me to like poke in that way, like, I, not yeah. to say that there's bigger things at stake, but like, I don't right. give a fuck if someone who has not been harmful to blackness says woman of color or person of right. color, or, or, you know, it's more harmful if you're saying I'm blackly black and I'm black and you're doing harmful shit. Like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm kind of like, yo, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you, you got us fucked up. Yeah, you know? yeah. I just, for, for me, I just really want us as a community to understand that it's different reasons why different people, people identify in different, different ways. ways and i'm not excluding i'm not excluding anti-blackness as one of those reasons mm-hmm. but i think totally. that anti-blackness is a multitude of is one of what could be a multitude of reasons why someone identifies in a way that you would not identify you think if you were whatever identity you think yeah. that they are because yeah. again I- we're talking about people who are not biracial looking at these people and saying why you identify like this and not like that or whatever like yeah yeah it could be it could be anything and i think that unless you know that person and had conversations and you know that person is like for real legit anti-black like i just feel like it just feels wrong for us to jump to assume that the reason is anti-blackness yeah, when there's agreed. so much nuance attached, attached to, to it yeah and yeah i feel like for some people it is understanding that me especially if they are a biracial person who is also passing because we know a lot of biracial people it's like oh i didn't know you was biracial like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like there's people have said there's tracy ellis ross biracial yeah. and there's rashida jones biracial a yes. lot of people don't know rashida jones is it's biracial racial. rashida mm-hmm. jones got a whole black ass parent you know what i'm saying and a lot yep. of people don't know because to a lot of people she is a passing person so i just think it's a lot of nuance to the whole thing and i i wish that we would be more understanding of the nuances of those things yeah 
Yeah, and and we don't know people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we don't know people. We don't know their experience. And I can say that, like, for myself, when most of the times when biracial black people, for the sake of the show, biracial black people talk about these nuances and these things, we are all totally dismissive. And we don't even want to fucking hear it. And maybe we could learn a little bit of something from these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. But... We've been dismissive. Like, let's be for mm-hmm. real about this shit. I've been dismissive too, where it's just like, oh, nobody want to hear about your little box check story and this and this and that. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're able- now, you know, let's, let's, let's be dead ass about this shit. Yeah, like, I've yeah, done it, yeah. and I'm sure many of our listeners have done this. Mm-hmm. But then when they start to use identifiers that make you uncomfortable, now it's like, oh, shit. Like, this really mm-hmm. what is it? I just want to know what it is. <laughs> Let me know what it is. Woo, that's funny because I was reading that Meghan Markle article from 2016. It was a few times I was reading like, okay, now really back in now. Okay, now, now really <laughs> back in. We all do it. We all really like, back you know, I'm in. not biracial. I don't know that mm-hmm. experience. I, even when that show Mixtus came out, I'm like, girl, get out of here. You know, like right, we right. are very dismissive of that experience mm-hmm. i'm ignorant to it i you know like whatever but then when they decide to call themselves something or identify as something then we ridicule mm-hmm. them for whichever way if they say black we ridicule them if they say woman of color or whatever we ridicule them so it's like it's work we should do too mm-hmm. that we're not doing and i can admit that i don't do, i'll be dismissive of that shit yeah but to just assume like you said it's anti-blackness it's just like erasing like all of the nuance of all of the shit that's in that. You can't mm-hmm. police blackness if you don't even acknowledge the nuance that is fucking blackness. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I just want y'all to shut up sometimes. Right. Not this listener in particular. Them. The mm-hmm. world. Wear your crown proudly. You know? You just be letting white people win over and over and over and over. You just be arguing into the void about what? <laughs> 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 yeah, I feel you. You know? Well, on that note, we did a motherfucking show. Be yes. sure to follow us on all the social medias. We're on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can send us your T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. And as always, you can check out our website, T with Queen and J. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow us personally, you can hit me up at Jenny Cia F on Twitter and Instagram. That's J A N I C I A F. Queen, where can folks find you? You can find me at the Queen Speaks with an underscore, and that is on Instagram and Twitter. You know, come have fun with me. You know, like, yes. All right. All right. Anything else? No. All right. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia and a black girl named Naima with editorial support from a black girl named Candace. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. And. Did you ever say, I read somewhere where you said you have never met any good white people? Um, I said in the beginning of my slavery video that I hadn't met any good white people. And my definition of good is that you understand that this is a question of power, that you be willing to give up some power, that you be willing to give up some resources, that you be willing to pay black people reparations for our, hun- our years and years of service in this country. Uh, that you'd be willing to go home and tell your white mother and father about white racism and how it affects and kills black people in our communities. That's my definition of good white people, and I haven't met any like that.